Welcome to Grits and Grinds. My name is Keith Parrish. The Grizzlies continue an encouraging December. DeAnthony Melton and the bench continue to shine. Plus, what would it take for Brandon Clark to be the sixth man of the year? All that on a new episode, which starts now. Go Grizz. Morant with a running start. Elevate point dunks. Oh my goodness. Tie game in overtime. Gasol will turn his heat. It's tell if there are any punches being thrown under there, but Griffin took exception to something. The officials break it up quickly. See, he just locked his arm and then kind of pulled him over. Zach falls down, and then, you know what? A little elbow there. Oh, he's digging the elbow. Yeah, you know. My name is Keith Parrish. Welcome to Grits and Grinds, a Memphis Grizzlies podcast on the Blue Wire podcast Network. Uh, since we last spoke, several things have happened. Uh, the Grizzlies got annihilated by the Spurs. The Spurs shot 67% from the field as a team. Scored 145 points. I believe that's just the fifth time in NBA history a team has scored 145 points on 67% shooting. So uh, we can throw that game out, I feel like. Not a lot to be learned there. The Grizzlies could not stop the Spurs at all. Maybe the defensive effort wasn't there. Maybe it was just one of those games. It's a, it was a strange game. The Grizzlies were 15 for 37 from three, which is fantastic. Uh, they shot 47% from the field, which is good. Scored 115 points and lost by 30. So we can ignore that game. After that, they, they bounced back with a victory over the Thunder, a Thunder team which uh, has only lost one game in the last two weeks, and it's to the Grizzlies. So that was a great game. They, they held on. They started to, the Grizzlies started to lose their lead again, but it was a very encouraging, that's going to be the word of the show, encouraging. It was, it was a promising victory over a team that's playing really well uh, to beat the Thunder. Then they go to Denver. They lose against the Nuggets. That was an encouraging loss. They're playing the team that's second Right now in the Western Conference, a team that is incredibly good on their home court, they hung with them the whole way through. Everybody played pretty well. They, they, you know, they lost. It happens. You lose to good teams. And then following that, on the second night of a back-to-back, they come home, take care of business against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, a professional victory. They, they manhandled them. Um, so the reason the word of the day is encouraging uh, is because the Grizzlies are doing all of this basically with their young core, with their young group of players. And I think I said this last episode, but I have started, in my mind, I split the season up into when John Morant came back from uh, his back injury. When he hurt his back on that hard fall against the Pacers. He missed a couple games. DeAnthony Melton got his opportunity to, to play some minutes. And since then, DeAnthony Melton has not relinquished those minutes. And so I've split the season in my brain. And maybe this is just a survival tactic 
This is a glass half full tactic. This is a, I want to get excited about the Grizzlies tactic. Uh, but if I start counting the season or if I hit refresh on the season starting 12 games ago, um, this is after D'Anthony Melton has been added to the regular rotation. And once John Morant returns from that injury over the last 12 games, the Grizzlies are very encouraging. They're seven and five in those games. One of those games, uh, John Morant did not play. So they're seven and four with John Morant. Since you know John Morant and DeAnthony Melton have been playing together, Jaron Jackson Jr. is still bombing the threes. He's averaging twenty points per game over that stretch. Of the top seven scorers on the Grizzlies per game over this twelve-game uh, span. It's the young guys. Six of the seven are uh, under 24. It's Jaron Jackson Jr., 20-year-old, leading the team, probably the team's best player. He's averaging 20 points per game on 50% shooting. He's hitting 3.3 threes per game. Dylan Brooks, 23-year-old Dylan Brooks, who, you know, I feel like I spelled out my feelings on him. Uh, I don't love watching him all the time. Over this 12-game span, he's averaging 16.3 points per game. He's shooting 42.7% from the field. He's hitting two three-pointers per game at a 38% clip. Dylan Brooks is 23. Dylan Brooks is the same age as Brandon Clark. So Dylan Brooks is still a young guy. So first on the scoring over the last 12 games is Jaron Jackson Jr., 20-year-old. Next, Dylan Brooks, 23-year-old, 16.3. Third, John Morant, rookie, 20-year-old, 15.5 points per game. He's still shooting a very efficient uh, 49%. He's not turning the ball over that much. He's only turning the ball over two and a half times per game. I think, I think my ex- expectation coming into the year was he was going to average five, five turnovers per game. In the four games in October, his first four games of his season, he, he turned the ball over 20 times. He was averaging five turnovers per game. Then in November, he was at 2.9 turnovers per game. So far in December, he's at 2.5 turnovers per game. The guy is scoring efficiently. Did not expect that. He's not even turning the ball over that much. Did not expect that. So... We have Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant, 20-year-olds. We have Dylan Brooks, 23-year-old. A fourth in the team in scoring over this 12-game stretch. Brandon Clark, my man, 15.1 points per game over this four-game stretch. Brandon Clark, I have been effusive in my praise ever since Summer League. Been blown away. Absolutely enamored with this man. I teased it for the end, but I can get to it now. Brandon Clark, if he got more minutes he would absolutely be a sixth man of the year candidate. I know that normally goes to just a volume chucker on, and it's normally on a good playoff team, but the Grizzlies are decent. They're eight and eight in the month. They're seven and five. When I started counting 12 games ago for the season, Brandon Clark is averaging 13 points per game, five and a half rebounds, 1.4 assists, and 0.9 blocks. And that's in 21 and a half minutes per game. You know he's leading the NBA in effective field goal percentage. He's 64.5% from the field. He's still hitting 45.7% of his three-pointers. His uh, his free throw percentage has dipped. If you don't know, his free throw percentage has been not good for the last month. Uh, it's still a respectable 76.6% from the field. I mean, from the free throw line for the season. But in 21 and a half minutes, he's averaging 13 
uh, and almost six rebounds. If you compare his per minute or per possession stats to someone, oh, I don't know, let's say Montrezl Harrell. Montrezl Harrell, who was a sixth man of the year candidate last year, who everyone assumes is, I mean, he's a good player. I'm not saying Montrezl isn't a good player. If you compare the per 36 or per 100 possession stats of Brandon Clark and Montrezl Harrell, uh, Brandon Clark has the advantage. Per 36 minutes, Montrezl has 23.4 points. Brandon Clark has 21.8 points. So nearly identical scoring numbers, but Montrezl gets the, uh, the nudge. But now let's talk rebounds. Brandon Clark, 9.3 over Mont- over Harrell, 9.2. Assists, almost the same. 2.4 for Brandon Clark, 2.3 for Montrezl. Steals, 0.7 for Brandon Clark, 0.9 for Harrell. Blocks, 1.5 for Clark, 1.4 for Harrell. And you know the shooting numbers. Brandon Clark shoots better on just two-pointers than Montrezl does. Just two-point percentage. Brandon Clark at 67 0.6% of his two-pointers. That's not even counting three-pointers, where Montrezl Harrell doesn't even shoot three-pointers. Brandon Clark has better field goal percentage, better two-point percentage, better three-point percentage, better free-throw percentage, more rebounds, more blocks, more assists, fewer turnovers, fewer personal fouls than Montrezl Harrell per 36. Compare him to uh, DeMontis Sabonis, who's going to make the All-Star game, probably, for the Indiana Pacers. Sabonis destroys him in rebounding. Sabonis is a monster rebounder. Uh, Per 100 possessions, he gets 19 rebounds per game to Brandon Clark's 12 and Montrezl Harrell's 11.9. But everything else, everything else is Brandon Clark. More points per 100 possessions or per 36 minutes, either way you put it. Fewer turnovers, way more blocks. Uh, Fewer, I got to say, you know, fewer assists. Sabonis, good passer. But again, field goal percentage advantage. Clark has the Clark has the advantage in these numbers, and yes, he has an advantage when you do these things because he is playing fewer numbers, and he's doing it against backup units almost predominantly. The few times he's been uh, in the starting lineup, for Brandon Clark, it, it wasn't great, and he's undersized. But I'm just saying, if Brandon Clark played 28 minutes per game, which is a normal amount of times for like a six-man candidate, he would be averaging 17 points per game and seven rebounds, which is the kind of thing a casual fan looks to and says, oh, 17 and seven, that's really good. That's the sixth man of the year. Could be. If the Grizzlies keep playing well, and maybe they do, I think it's worth talking about it, the playoff thing. If they can catch some of those teams, and if they keep playing close to 500 ball for the rest of the season, and if we see his minutes tick up, why not, Brandon Clark? Okay, he can't win rookie of the year. My 301 Brandon Clark, Rookie of the Year. Ticket is not going to pay because John Morant is Rookie of the Year. But maybe he could be Sixth Man of the Year. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, Let's talk about the playoffs, and let's talk uh, more about what that young people, the young guys on the roster. I didn't even get to half the roster. When I was was naming all the leading scorers over the last 12 games, I, I, I got stuck on Brandon Clark. And I had to gush with praise. But we'll get to that uh, right after this break. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, so I was talking about how excited I was, how encouraged I have been about this Grizzly season. This is the most fun Grizzly season in a very, very long time for a team that is 13 and 21. That is very strange, but it's because of the optimism and the growth of the young core, the freedom of Taylor Jenkins. He's given these guys one to just jack whatever shot they feel like shooting. And it gets a little frustrating at times, especially when Jay Crowder can hit a shot or, or Dylan Brooks maybe takes some bad ones. But again, this month, or even when you break it down into my very arbitrary 12-game sample. And again, it's not arbitrary to me. That's the time John Morant returned from injury and the time uh, and D'Anthony Melton was added to the lineup. So in that time, Dylan Brooks, like I said, he's, he's scoring 16.3 points per game. John Morant, third on the team in that time. The 20-year-old John Morant, fourth on the team. Brandon Clark. So the four top scorers over this 12-game stretch are Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks, John Morant, Brandon Clark. Two rookies, a second-year player, and a third-year player. Um, and basically, again, Dylan Brooks, same age as Brandon Clark, missed almost all of his second year. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas has played really well in this time. He is the eldest one of the top seven scorers in this stretch. At 27 years old, Brandon, uh, Jonas, who's shooting 62.5% from the field in this 12-game stretch over the month of December, which is 16 games. He's at 65% from the field. He's doing his job. He's playing 25 minutes. He's scoring a lot. He is a liability on defense. He just plants in the paint, does not cover shooters or pick and rolls. Uh, he just stays back, which is fine. That's all they're going to do. Uh, Grayson Allen, 24-year-old, second-year player. He's averaging double digits. He's only played seven games in this 12-game stretch because of his ankle injuries. But Grayson Allen, 10 points per game. And then De'Anthony Melton, 21-year-old, 8.8 points per game, the seventh leading scorer on the Grizzlies over their last 12 games. So you have two 20-year-olds, a 21-year-old, and two 23-year-olds, and then a 24-year-old, an ancient Grayson Allen at 24 years old. These are all the top scores of this team over the last 12 games. And that's why it's been so fun. Over these 12 games, the Grizzlies have been ahead in the fourth quarter in nine of them. They've had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter in eight of them. And again, if we want to throw out, throw out that Milwaukee game, the Milwaukee game where it was actually competitive without John Morant. They hung around. But the Grizzlies have had a huge lead in nine of these 11 games. 
since Jaws return. The, the loss, one of the games they didn't have a 10-point fourth quarter lead was against the Thunder, where they were up by 24 in the third quarter. So we've seen this team be in every game. They, lost, they got crushed by the Spurs. They lost to the Nuggets on the road in a game they played really well. They lost to the Bucks, the best team in the NBA, without John Morant. They've climbed out of the bottom 10 in offensive efficiency um, for the first time this season. Uh, they are the sixth most improved offense, according to John Schumann from last season. They have sc- they're scoring 1.6 more points per 100 possessions than they did last year. And again, they're playing at the sixth fastest pace in the NBA. I think when you look at the 12, last 12 games and how well the Grizzlies have played, and you start thinking about the playoff race, and it's not really, again, there's, there's many more teams better than them, but they're, they're in the mix with teams like, like the Magic. Well, they're not chasing the Magic, but like overall, like the Spurs and Trailblazers, probably better than the Grizzlies. But they're not that much better. The Grizzlies, when you look league-wide, they are more similar to, I think, like a team like the Orlando Magic or the Spurs or the Trailblazers. I think it's reasonable that they could catch those teams if they need to. They're, they're right now, they're in there with like the Timberwolves who've been really, really struggling when Carl Anthony Towns gets back. I think like the Suns, the Timberwolves, the Kings, the Grizzlies are possibly, when they play as well as they've been playing, they're, they're definitely as good as those teams, maybe better than those teams. And then you just got to catch it's the Thunder, the Blazers, and you got to beat those other teams out. It's not likely. It's not probable. But the Grizzlies are as basically as good, can play as well as those teams. Uh, and again, there's the, the motivation factor for the Grizzlies not owning their pick likely. It's going to be very hard to get down in the lottery unless they do some some real tanking. If they keep playing John Morant, DeAnthony Melton, Brandon Clark, and Jaron Jackson Jr. at the same time, no, there's not going to be a tank because they're going to be winning games because those lineups are good. And that's the lineup. I mean, I, I've been crowing about that the whole time. Uh, I call it the wrecking crew. I haven't thought of a better name. But when Tyus Jones comes in off the bench with... Brandon Clark and DeAnthony Melton, and he jo- they join Jaron Jackson Jr., that lineup is still crushing people. It's still crushing people. The net rating is still so good. Tyus Jones, who people were mad at, calling him the second coming of Shelvin Mack. In December, Tyus Jones is shooting 51% from the field. He's part of this unbelievable uh, five-man unit the Tyus Jones, D'Anthony Melton, the Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Brandon Clark. That is, that's crushing teams. Tyus Jones is playing so well. We know all that stuff. He had that, whatever, 47 assists to three turnovers over like a nine-game stretch. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's been hitting his shots. He's playing so well. D'Anthony Melton, I don't know what more you can say. He's he's top 30 in real plus minus now for the ESP in real plus minus. Uh, he's the only Grizzlies player with a positive net rating for the season, and it's plus 9.5 uh, net rating. Just wild. He turns the ball over all the time. He dribbles into trouble. So, I mean, that's a bad thing. He also, he's trick-or-treat. He's like trick-or-treat Tony. I'm not blind to the fact that he's not a great shooter. He misses a lot of shots. He turns the ball over. It's just everything else he does. He out-rebounds his position. 
He's pushing the ball. He's getting deflections. He's getting steals. He's getting loose balls. He's setting other guys up. He's knocking down an okay number of his three-pointers. All that other stuff combines to make the team so good. He's doing things that Dylan Brooks isn't doing. He's mainly doing things that Jay Crowder. We do need to talk about Jay Crowder. The Grizzlies are 2-0 and when Jay Crowder doesn't play. Yes, that also coincides with the Grizzlies are 2-0 and when Kyle Anderson starts. I tweeted that. Lots of people liked it. I was worried people didn't understand that that was not a meaningful fact. Kyle Anderson started a home game against the Wizards and a home game against the Hornets. Not that meaningful. But while the competition wasn't that good, Dylan Brooks had great games both those games, and it makes me think maybe Dylan Brooks, it's beneficial to him to have Kyle Anderson in the lineup with him. I'm starting to think... I know I got really mad at these guys coming in in fourth quarters, but they've been starting all year It's to mediocre results. I'm starting to think Jay Crowder and Dylan Brooks are not a good tandem to be on the court together. My thought process is both those guys have incredible, they have green lights from Coach Jenkins. I would rather have the ball go through Ja Morant or Jaron Jackson Jr., or Jonas Valanciunas, or if Brandon Clark's out there. I feel like the quick shooting, I don't know what the trade-off is for how much stretching the defense, even with missed shots, is opening up lanes that are beneficial to the team so Jaron can beat his guy with a dribble drive, so Ja can penetrate into the lane. So the spacing is needed, but I don't know what the trade-off is when you know, Jay Crowder, again, having a horrible December, shooting 30% from the field, shooting 20% from three in the month. If both those guys are out there and they're taking shots away from Ja, Jonas, or Jaron, I think maybe it's not the best idea. I think having Kyle Anderson out there with Dylan Brooks maybe makes more sense. Maybe having, Brand- having Jay Crowder on the second unit to space the court, maybe that will maybe that will work out. So I'm starting to think at least my hypothesis right now is Dylan Brooks and Jay Crowder is actually a a bad combination. Both those guys are decent defenders, and it makes sense, again, to have those two shooters out there when Jonas starts the game uh, and alongside Ja, so we have guys to kick it to. But I'm not certain it's the best thing. It's something I'm going to monitor, but seeing how well the Grizzlies play when Jay Crowder's not on the court, I'm thinking maybe, maybe that could be the issue. And again... Trade season's coming. Jay Crowder's often mentioned. And Solomon Hill's mentioned and maybe getting moved. And Solomon Hill, by the way, Solomon Hill makes more three-pointers per game than Jay Crowder does in December. People think Solomon Hill is bad, and he is absolutely outplaying Jay Crowder. The Grizzlies are fine when Solomon Hill's on the court. He has a positive net rating for the month of December, um, one, of, one of the few still. Again, I mean, look at these net ratings as a team. It's kind of hilarious. Uh, if you look at it by quarter, this is just bizarre. For the season, for the season, the Grizzlies are 16th in the NBA if you, in the first half. They're like the 16th best team in the NBA if you just count the first half. And they're the worst team in the NBA in the second halves. They get, they, they get outscored by an average of 10 points per 100 possessions in the second half. So their net rating, minus 10 in the second half. If we just look at this... Again, my special 12 games, starting with that road game against the Warriors, then followed by the road game against the Suns, and then coming home, all that. If you start it from 12 games ago, the Grizzlies are the seventh 
No, they're the eighth best team in the first half, plus 6.2 rating. They're the seventh best, excuse me, the seventh best team in just the third quarter, plus 7.9 rating. And their fourth quarter net rating, wait for it, minus 20.2. Easily the worst in the NBA. They have a minus 20.2 net rating in the fourth quarter over their last 12 games, and they've won seven times. Doesn't make any sense. I don't know what it means. I don't know if the team falls apart. I'm making a small sample size. Things get weird. But uh, this team has still been struggling in fourth quarters. And again, when I go back to thinking about, like, oh, the Grizzlies could be in the playoff game or playoff chase, playoff race, they should be maybe tied with the Blazers or ahead of the Blazers. If they had done the lineups I'd like in the fourth quarter in the collapse against the Cavaliers and in the, the collapse against the Thunder. Those are games where D'Anthony Melton didn't see the court barely in the fourth quarter. Um, but Taylor Jenkins is trending in this direction where we're seeing the lineups we love. We're seeing my squad uh, of Melton, the four-man unit of Melton, Anderson, Clark, and Jackson. They're a plus 36.1 net rating. And we did for 18 glorious seconds. We finally saw those four guys get, ter- get joined by Ja Morant. They didn't score. They missed two shots. Uh, so technically, their, their net rating is minus 100 because they, outsc- they got outscored 1-0 to zero in 18 seconds. But uh, I hope we, we got to see it. I am in, I'm at the point right now uh, where I want Jay Crowder to get traded just so we get more Kyle Anderson and we see more of these awesome lineups. I, I'm just so, I'm so excited about the way this team plays where they're playing fast and they have a lot of guys who can kind of handle if you have Tyus Jones, Kyle Anderson, and Anthony Melton, all three of those guys can kind of handle. You have this incredibly efficient Brandon Clark putting up crazy numbers. Um, you have Jaron Jackson Jr. with his 20 points per game, just gunning threes, shooting nine threes per game. I love it. Uh, a couple of things about Brandon Clark. Uh, he, had a, he had a random game against the Hornets where he had three blocks and three assists in the same game. Uh, that's not those wild of numbers. I mean, three blocks is good. But in the last 20 seasons, only 42 rookies have had a game like that. Just three blocks, three assists. Uh, Brandon Clark already has 11 games with at least six attempts, making over 75% of his shots. That's in only 28 games played. 11 of them, Brandon Clark has made over 75% of his shots on at least six attempts. The most ever by any rookie is 14 games in a season by Arvidas Sabonis and Buck Williams, two Trailblazer greats. Uh, John Collins and Nene Hilario both had 13. So it looks like Brandon Clark is going to break this very uh, arbitrary, I guess, record, but he's going to break that record. And uh, finally, in the Hornets game, Jaron Jackson Jr. got his career-high 12 rebounds, which, for the record, is fewer than Tony Allen's career-high in rebounds, which is 13. I'm sure you were wondering. It was just the fourth double-double in Jaron Jackson Jr.'s career. He's not good at rebounding. He has the rebounding numbers of a shooting guard. But as long as he blocks shots and keeps up the three-point barrage of shooting eight or nine a game and making over 35% of them, uh, he's an incredibly valuable player. And again, the Grizzlies, there's no reason not to be so fired up about this team. Maybe next year they'll add some worthwhile shooters who will be taking some of these Jay Crowder shots. But 
with a 20-year-old John Moran, a 20-year-old Jaron Jackson Jr., a 21-year-old Anthony Melton is kind of like a, a Stacey Ogman um, or like a kind of just a, a guy who fills in. He's like a Tony Allen with a little more offensive ability, a little less defensive ability, but just like that guy filling in the blanks. And then if Dylan Brooks can keep playing pretty well at 23 years old, 23-year-old uh, Brandon Clark, whatever they get in the offseason this coming year, the future is bright for the Grizzlies. Just Jaw and Jaron together. This team is going to be good as long as they don't screw anything up, you know, big time as far as moves or um, guys getting hurt. Someone was saying, like, what, what about the tanking? Aren't we supposed to be tanking? I'll repeat myself. No, we're not supposed to be tanking. We're supposed to be developing John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark. And if those guys win games, great. We win games. We already have three building blocks. Very few teams, if ever, get like four building blocks in a row. If the Grizzlies end up with a top six pick somehow, hey, that's cool too. It honestly works better for the rebuild to add another great pick this year, but you're not going to short-circuit the development of John Morant and Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson Jr. I think to achieve that you know, 20% chance of getting a top six pick, of keeping your pick. You're not going to do it. You're just going to try to develop those guys, and then you let the ping pong balls fall where they may. And hey, if you if you if you get lucky again, awesome. We can be the Oklahoma City Thunder, stringing together the the, the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, you know, draft picks. We we can do that. But if not, the consolation prize is maybe we give the twelfth pick or the eleventh pick to the Celtics and what we can hope is going to be a weak draft. And then all our obligations of first round picks have been extinguished and we go forward into the future, into the next decade with John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. leading the way with some other exciting, promising young players waiting in the wings. Anyway, I'm in a good mood. Hope you guys have a happy new year. Uh, check out untuckit.com use the promo code blue to get 20% off your order there tell people about the show so Grizzlies fans know there is more Grizzlies content out there that they could be enjoying you guys are the best thanks for listening go Grizz winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.